Good morning. Whether you're joining us over the live stream or here in person, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. I am Chris Jimerson, co-lead minister for values and mission at the church, and my pronouns are he, him. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to greet the holy among us, either in the comments, online, or by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary. Please join with me in reading the words we use for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth we share with one another. Our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship today is by poet Barbara Crooker. I want to tell you something. The morning is bright after the steady rain, and every iris, peony, rose opens its mouth rejoicing. I want to say, wake up, open your eyes. There's a snow-covered road ahead, a field of blankness, a sheet of paper, an empty screen. Even the smallest insects are singing, vibrating their entire bodies, tiny violins of longing and desire. We were made for song. I can't tell you what prayer is. But I can take the breath of the meadow into my mouth, and I can release it for the leaves' green need. I want to tell you your life is a blue coal, a slice of orange in the mouth, cut hay in the nostrils. The guard cardinal's red song dances in your blood. Look, every month the moon blossoms into a peony, then shrinks to a sliver of garlic, and then it blooms again. This congregation has a mission. It's our common religious purpose. It guides all our decisions, our programs, and ministries. We put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday so that we might more readily carry it in our hearts throughout the week. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. One of the things that makes that terrific mission possible is our wonderful volunteers here in the church. And now I'd like to invite Celeste from our Fun and Fellowship team to come up and talk to you a little more about that. Good morning, everybody. I'm Celeste Padilla. My pronouns are she and her. And I've been the chair of the Fellowship Committee for almost four years. I am delighted to be here today to recognize and celebrate all of you. Over the course of the last year, we've been reminded that it's not any single person who makes up this church. The minister is not the church. The staff is not the church. Rather, all of you, all of us, are this church. We are fortunate to have an amazing staff. But I've been blown away by what all of you do for this church. 
We are an active, engaged, informed, generous congregation. So many of you volunteer in so many ways. So I'd like to take you on a tour and show you the path chartered by fellow church members and volunteers. This tour begins before you enter the building on the church grounds. You'll see the work of the Earth Keepers, a volunteer group that helps maintain the grounds. Sometimes other small groups, like a chalice circle, will do a service project and spruce up parts of the grounds. As you enter the foyer of the church, you'll be greeted by friendly people and ushers, all volunteers. The carrying committee often has cards available to sign. These are sent to church members who might be sick or who might be celebrating something big. Volunteer ushers will offer you an order of service, help you with directions, and pass the offertory plates during the service. Volunteers play an important role in the sanctuary every Sunday. The choir and the lay leader, volunteers. Many of the musicians and the AV team, also volunteers. Most Sundays, we have a volunteer speak, either for a moment of stewardship, a board of directors update, or speaking on behalf of one of the 12 nonprofits we support. The sanctuary is also used for memorial service, public affairs forums, social justice events, mindfulness practices, and more, all coordinated by volunteers. As you leave the sanctuary, you'll walk through the first UU gallery, and you'll see gorgeous art by various artists, including our own church members. You'll also see the first UU bookstore set up every Sunday. The gallery in the bookstore, coordinated by volunteers. House and Hall is party central. We hold an array of special events here. Thanksgiving dinner, ordination receptions, ice cream socials, Hogwarts camp. On Sundays, you might see volunteers from the nominating committee, the social justice committee, or volunteers working our annual auction. This space also gets used for the men's fellowship breakfast and senior lunch, all coordinated by volunteers. Volunteers work in the kitchen every Sunday. They keep the coffee coming and put out a light breakfast. Now, classrooms and offices may not look exciting, but the space is fundamental. It's used for board meetings, for our all-volunteer board of directors, and chalice circle groups, all led by volunteers. It's used for training sessions, like the transgender inclusion, inclusion class, grief support group, the LGBTQ community heart circle, religious education courses, and our very own eclectic folk jam group, all coordinated by volunteers. As you exit, you'll often pass through the courtyard. We've used this space for countless Halloween parties and for Celebration Sunday, both of those coordinated by volunteers. A new vegan interest group provided samples of vegan voodoo donuts just recently in the courtyard. And during the pandemic, this space became a much needed, informal, safe space for small groups to gather. Now, it's important to know that even when you leave the church grounds, the presence of First UU volunteers is still very much alive and visible. This work can be seen at U Bar U, at People's Community Clinic, 
at our nation's capital working on behalf of immigration rights. At MLK Day marches, volunteers also serve dinner at the Arch every Sunday, and they work at Inside Books. And first UU volunteers stood on the side of love with UU members around the state at our state capitol during the most recent legislative session. This tour, this path chartered by volunteers is just a sample of the volunteer work that you are involved with. On any given day, there is a church member volunteering their time and talent to carry out our mission of creating the beloved community. We see you, we are grateful for you, and we thank you. Now is the time in our service when we center ourselves together. We breathe together. And breathing together, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside. Place of greater wisdom. A place of greater joy. That place where a spark of the divine resides within each of us. And breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and other human sounds are a part of that silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, we now enter into that time of silence together. In a moment when our music starts, I will invite you to light candles in our window. As we light our candles, let us hold the family and loved ones of Alice Cashman in our hearts as we all mourn losing her. A memorial service will be held for Alice on July 1 at 2 p.m. here at the church. Please also hold our LGBTQ beloveds in Uganda as they suffer under harsh new laws, including the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality. Laws promoted in their country by far-right zealots from our country. Finally, let us acknowledge both the joys of those celebrating Father's Day today, as well as those who may be feeling loss, hurt, or estrangement on this day. I invite you now to light candles of joy, sorrow, remembrance, hope. And when the music comes to a close, to maintain the silent meditation.
is by author Adrian Marie Brown. She is an accomplished writer, activist, and facilitator. I found out in her bio she's from El Paso, Texas. She's a Texan. So the, the reading is Spell for Reclaiming the Moment. Even now, we could be happy. Even now. Breathing in, filling our bodies with right now. From the dirt below us, from our toes to our knees, hips up our spines, shoulders to earlobes, to tip top of our heads and to beyond the stars. Breathing wide across our wingspan into that sacred and constant silk web where we belong. Breathing deep, inhale back to great-grandmother's bosom. Exhale seven generations of blessings that will come through our next choices. Even now, we can be present. Even now. Life is right here, still. An erotic pulse, kissing your jawline, a restlessness of mind, too much, too little. There's still someone you are longing to see. Someone who startles you with simple pleasure just because they exist. Even now, we can anticipate the harvest, be shocked by the thunderclap, the storm, laugh at the abundance of our grief and our earnest attempts to avoid the inevitable. We are a delight. We can be another person's blessing with our beliefs and epic lives where every day we are given the option of love. How would you define delight? The spiritual topic we're exploring in the church this month is the path of delight. I have to admit, though, when I first started thinking about this, I had trouble defining exactly what we mean by that term delight. I know what it is. I know when I experience it. And yet, how would I put that into words? Is delight different than joy or happiness? And if so, how so? What path or paths transport us to delight? How is delight related to our spirituality? Well, I was lucky when in the midst of this struggle, church member Carolyn Griminger told me about an episode of National Public Radio's program, This American Life, titled The Show of Delights. In it, Bim Adewunmi, a producer for This American Life, hosts the episode after sharing her own thoughts about delight. Adewunmi was born in London to parents who immigrated from Nigeria. She talks about learning to organize her life around actively seeking out delight. This, despite being raised oh so very British, which caused many to go off in her head as if to say, enjoying yourself a bit much there, aren't you, dear? She tells about how discovering a collection of essays, The Book of Delights, by poet Ross Gay, helped her to embrace the path of delight. 
She interviews Ross Gay for the show, saying that his book offers up many thoughts on what delight is or what it could be, but it never defines it explicitly. The takeaway is that delight, while important, is hard to pin down. Yes, I thought, here's a poet who did a whole book on delight and he can't define it either. (laughs) I feel better. Adewunmi also interviews a five-year-old named Cole and his mother. He expresses this sheer delight over riding the bus to school for the very first time all on his own. And listening to that is when I realized that though both Ross Gay and I can't precisely define delight for you, what I can do is bring you an experience of it. Ew. W. time I experience delight now, I'm just going to cry out, W! (laughs) Actually, though, I think that might be one of the things that is distinct about delight. While joy and happiness are obviously a part of delight, this childlike letting go of all other cares of the world, of being attuned to the delight presenting itself in the present moment, seems to be a unique aspect of this experience. Delight comes to us when we give ourselves over to it, when we Quit carrying the cares, the worries of the world as we did when we were children. I love how Adewunmi describes organizing her life around seeking out delight. I think this may be one of the ways that following the path of delight is spiritual. Life's pain and disappointment and loss and sorrow will come. In fact... Delight and brokenheartedness may not exist one without the other. So this practice of actively seeking delight helps carry us through when things get more difficult. Adewunmi interviews a wonderful woman, Noriko Meek. Noriko spent most of her adult life nurturing her husband and children, including several years during which she took care of her husband as he slowly wasted and eventually died of cancer. After a period of intense mourning, Noriko has finally discovered new life at age 72, life that is, as she puts it, just delightful, you know? She says now she allows herself to do what she wants when she wants. She hikes. 
She travels constantly. She's seeing the world. Now, though, she says she also allows herself to experience delight in even the mundane. Her heated toilet seat. Her ballet class for seniors. Eating discounted donuts for breakfast. Reading biographies in bed for two hours every night. And in all of this, Noriko Meek has discovered another spiritual aspect of following the path of delight. It enables us to experience the transcendent in even the seemingly mundane. Our poet Ross Gay discovered this while creating his book by writing an essay about something delightful every day for a year. Here is part of what he described on the very first day as he visited a favorite coffee shop. A cup of coffee from a well-shaped cup. A fly, its wings hauling all the light in the room, landing on the porcelain handle as if to say, notice the precise flare of this handle, as though designed for the romance between the thumb and index finger that holding a cup can be. Or the light blue bike the man pushed through the lobby, or the top knot of the barista, or the sweet glance of the man in his stylish shorts, well-lotioned ankles gleaming beneath walking two little dogs, or the woman stepping in and out of her shoe, her foot curling up and stretching out and curling up. Transcendence revealing itself from amongst the everyday. And whether it emerges from the everyday or out of life's larger experiences, such as witnessing the birth of new life, the light comes to us more often if we engage in this practice of recognizing it. Again, in Ross Gay's words, it didn't take me long to recognize that the discipline or practice of writing these essays occasioned a kind of delight radar. Or maybe it was the development of a delight muscle Something that implies that the more you study delight, the more delight there is to study. Now, here is one more spiritual aspect of delight. It is an essential part of our humanity, of our interconnectedness. Gay says that we are negligent if we don't share our delights with one another. And, and we so often find delight in being a part of something larger than ourselves, something that contributes to a greater good. In our story for all ages earlier, delight emerged as much or more from the creativity James and Danny and their community had engaged in together as it did from the finished product. 
The volunteer efforts of so many of you that Celeste celebrated earlier create so much delight in this community. You make it possible for us to truly live into our values and mission together. As your minister, I experience so much delight witnessing this church and the folks who create it grow both numerically and in spirit, again due in such large part to these volunteer ministries. And that delight happens both within these church walls and beyond them. Not long after I began ministry with the church, I'd gone to Boston to attend the first-year minister's retreat that our Unitarian Universalist Association offers at their offices. I was at the airport for my return trip home when my cell phone rang. It was our senior minister at the time, Meg Barnhouse, calling to let me know that the church was going to offer immigration sanctuary to Sulma Franco, invite her to live in the church to try to prevent her being deported to her home country of Guatemala, where she might be harmed or even killed because she had publicly advocated for LGBTQ rights while still living there. Meg wanted to know if I would be okay with that, as if I had a choice, but that was Meg. And she knew that I would be more than okay with it. In fact, I couldn't contain my glee as she told me about how a church board member had responded to this possibility of providing sanctuary by stating that this fits exactly with our mission, asking, if we don't do this, what do we do? I was filled with delight. I think in large part because before becoming a minister for seven years, I'd been the executive director of American Gateways, a nonprofit that provides immigration legal services and advocates on behalf of immigration rights. And I'd carried that into my ministry when I did my internship at Wildflower Church. I helped them set up immigration detention center visitation programs and several other immigration-related ministries. Immigration justice and the struggle against the racism and bigotry so embedded within our immigration system had become just a a part of what drove me as a person and as a minister. So there I was in Boston Logan, teary-eyed and gleeful over this church taking such a faithful leap of justice. I think I may have squealed a little like the small one in our video earlier because folks at Boston Logan were staring at me like I was having some sort of crisis nerviosa, not knowing it was actually a fit of delight. And I felt much the same way recently as our folks participated in actions at our Texas state capitol Despite some really, really terrible things that were happening this legislative session, there was a sense of exhilaration sometimes that arose from showing up as you use, joining together with so many other solidarity partners in a co-conspiracy of radical love crying out for justice, justice that we will eventually bring about.
These are just a couple of examples of how delight so often arises when we join together in loving relationship to reach for something greater than ourselves. And then that same delight moves us toward building even more of that something greater, the beloved community. And aren't we fortunate then that here, At First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, our path of delight is following those words we emblazoned on our wall and we say together every Sunday. And for that, may we say, W! Join with me in saying the the words we use to extinguish the flame. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. For our benediction, I leave you with some words from a Hindu text, the Vijnana Vairvatantra. I have been listening to the hymns of creation, enchanted by the verses. Yet still, I am curious, what is this delight-filled universe into which we find ourselves born? What is this mysterious awareness shimmering everywhere within it? Go now into that delight-filled universe. Shimmer everywhere within it. May the congregation say amen Amen. and blessed be. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.